Hey everyone, welcome to season three. This is Anne. We are so glad to be back with you. And we have a special announcement. For the first time, Stephanie and I will be launching a Patreon for Lapsed. For those of you who are not familiar, Patreon is a way for some of our listeners to uh, support us financially with a monthly contribution. Folks who do sign on to the Patreon will get some perks, like some additional content, some more Catholicism in the news. Uh, We're also looking at trying out some new fun ideas that we kind of haven't had a space for in the regular podcast yet. And also hopefully some opportunities for us to chat with you and vice versa. We love to get to know our listeners. So if you want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com slash lapsed podcast. It is copied in the show notes. And if not, no worries. You can continue to stream for free on your favorite streaming platform and we will continue to bring you our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks all and welcome to season three of Lapsed. Like, okay, let's tell her another picture of Mary waving at the cross. Right. Because what else are you going to do? I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed. A podcast about growing up Catholic. And welcome to season three. Season three. It's wild. It's wild. I know. I feel like we just started this. It's the holy trinity of seasons of Lapsed. There we go. We've, I hope this isn't has to be our last one. No. Okay. We took a little bit longer of a break than we intended. We did. Maybe. You know. It feels like October's over, but it really did just start, I guess. It did just start. We are recording well before Halloween. Mm-hmm. I get big back to Catholic school vibes, even though my kids do not go to Catholic school. And so I'm doing normal, I'm doing public back to school in real life. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of, especially because I'm I'm in the Chicago area and I grew up in the Chicago area. So I feel like- Just seeing the uniforms. Yeah, it really. Like there will be flashes of just images of like, yeah, uniforms and uh, chalk dust <laughs> this time of year. I- yeah, I guess we went to CCD through the summer, so there was no like going back to. Oh, you CCD. did? I mean, I don't think anyone went regular. I think we did. I think it was still like Sunday school. Like you're probably right, but that I never considered that we would go to CCD when my parents went to mass because no. they were like, we don't have time to be here all day. That is fair. Good for them. Yeah, they're like, you guys go there. So I'm assuming I don't have very vivid memories of not going in the summer but I sh- yeah. I'm sure like the attendance was not great because everyone no it makes sense because if you think the Catholic school kids are getting religion class every day so if you're right. only going once a week it's like you do have a good amount of catching up to do you do a little bit of that <laughs> we just skip over half of it <laughs> I mean that has to be or they're like vamping a lot at Catholic school like what like okay let's tell her another picture of Mary weeping at the cross right because what else are you gonna do no, we just had to memorize a prayer and move on. That took a few months, meeting only once a week. So a lot of crayons. Uh, oh, sure. In religion class. Even uh, my brother has a just a funny bit he does about how in high school at his all boys Catholic high school, his 
like sophomore year theology teacher or something was also the football coach. Mm-hmm. And so he'd be like, all right, men, tomorrow bring your crayons. It's <laughs> 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 odd juxtaposition. Men. Yeah. I guess that's what they were doing over there. Okay. All right. Well. What's new? What's new? Well, let's do a little what's new with our podcast. Yeah, let's do it. So we uh, we kind of have an exciting thing to roll out. I think so. Yeah. So we are going to be starting a Patreon, which for folks who don't know, it's a way for uh, folks who are interested to financially contribute a little bit every month to the podcast. We have had folks actually reach out and we have wonderful listeners. We've we've literally really had do. listeners reach out and say like, hey, if you ever start a Patreon, I'd be interested, which was very kind. We are now. Yeah. We are interested. Yeah. Um, so the exciting thing about Patreon, first of all, it is totally opt-in. So we will continue to make podcasts that are streaming for free. So if you want to make no change, don't make a change. We'll still be here. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But for folks who do want to contribute, we'll be offering some fun perks. Mm-hmm. I guess there is one thing that is shifting. We love, I feel like I shouldn't even say it, Catholicism in the news. You've Catholicism got- in the news! <laughs> we, we love our, our segments of current events, but we realize that they could potentially be a, a little annoying for folks who are listening to old episodes. Because if, no, you no. Know, if I'm listening to an episode now, maybe I don't really remember what was going on a year and a half ago when we recorded. Right. So we are going to be moving our Catholicism in the news into bonus episodes. And then we can go a little bit deeper and not feel like we have to rush through things. Exactly. And sometimes I don't say everything on my list because I'm like, we got other things to get to. Other other fish to fry. That's mm-hmm. an accidental um, Catholic pun. What else are we offering, Steph? So this is something I've wanted to do for quite some time, is opening uh, it up to more discussions with you, the listeners. One way of doing that for me, I think, long form, would be to like do some movie watching, uh, either together or we're going to comment on it as we watch it, and hopefully you will watch along at home. We're not sure what form that's going to take just yet. But considering most movies are you know over an hour, we don't... <laughs> take our time with that regularly but there's so many good catholic movies to like delve in i mean there's just so many nuns and movies we could do a whole season of <laughs> nuns and movies sister act obviously and sister acts on music like there's just <sighs> that's true and we got like to look at it through a lapsed lens what's true what obviously was made by people who don't know anything about catholicism just like getting into that and if you have movie suggestions Please get get at us about that. Yeah, there's some sort of fun ideas we've had over the years that are like, where does that fit? And so Patreon's also going to give us a chance to use that platform to try out some things we have been thinking about. We would love to just be able to interact more with our listeners who are thinking about offering like online chats, which we were workshopping the name. Face-to-face confession is one of them, although... I don't know if that's too anxiety inducing. It's like such a cute idea, but yeah, yeah, I was so scared of face-to-face confession all that I don't know if I can ever get past it. So we might be taking some suggestions for the name of that. I'm not sure. If you have other Catholic related puns or other things that involve meeting in person as a group online, let us know. We're, we're open. 
Yeah. And, and potentially other things as well. We're sort of figuring out what the Patreon could look like and what is exciting to listeners. So reach mm-hmm. out and um, we, we will have the link in the show notes if you're interested in getting involved in our Patreon. And if you're not, again, keep listening because we will still have our regular episodes available. Great. Okay. I want to give us a chance if there's any like Catholic-y related things that have happened in our lives over the summer. Although I'll be honest, I don't have a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, I would say like one of the bigger things that's happened to me Mm-hmm. is that I finally, I cannot believe it took me so long, have been watching Dairy Girls. <gasps> so I kind of started it forever ago and oh. then I paused and I don't know why I paused. I need to go back to it. I paused in between the second and third season because I was watching it so fast and I know there's only three seasons. So I was like, I can't, I'm not ready for it to be over. So I need <sighs> to like slow my roll. Good for you. When I get in that situation, I just keep watching. I'm- I can't because it's so good. The actors are amazing. The writing is phenomenal, but, and the way just it deals with politics and and religion is just brilliant. I want to hear more from anyone that went to Irish Catholic school to mm-hmm. confirm or deny the show, uh, how things go in there. I just love that nun. She's. Sister Michael. Is that. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just obsessed with the creator, everything. So that was like my big Catholic awakening of the summer. <laughs> summer. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's the growing up Catholic and how does it shape your reactions to things mm-hmm. that were happening in the world? Mm-hmm. And like, there's a moment where they're going on a road trip and the mom thinks they left. I think they're like passes for the day. Cause again, it's like during the troubles and they have to get certain day passes to get to certain parts of the country. I think, um, is that that's what's going on at that moment mm. and the prayer to St. Anthony that like bursts out of them unprompted like I just don't know if a non a person who wasn't raised Catholic could anywhere come close to appreciating that moment yeah the St. Anthony-ness of like you lost something next step before looking for it you know what Steph I'm not lying to you I said a prayer to St. Anthony yesterday and I had kind of, I kind of didn't grow up super doing the St. Anthony thing. I don't feel like, and I grew up in a St. Anthony heavy household, at least not out loud, but um, like I lost something recently and I was like, it just gave me like a way to distract my mind. I feel like it may be fun. I don't know, but I did. I was like, you know what? Screw it. It's not even about if I like believe in the reality of it. It's just more like it's something, I don't know. I don't have faith in a lot of things, but I have faith in St. Anthony. (laughs) I think he works. I don't know why or how. Because losing something over the course of your day is one of the, it is a little microcosm of powerlessness, right? I feel like that is when many of us go to prayer. Yeah. Is when we feel the most powerless, right? When we're dealing with something, some big tragedy or something. But like when you lose something, especially like your wallet, that's what it was in my case. It was just, I'm like, well, I'm so, there's nothing to do. Right. All I can do is like, we just revert to these things that we have there's so it's so ingrained I don't know what I would do like the the find my whatever on all my Apple products when I'm like because now there's like arrows that you can like make your phone like a metal detector like walk three steps to the left or whatever we'll need to talk more about that later because I lose things constantly and I but I call it my little Saint Anthony like (laughs) someone should name the make a Saint Anthony app actually like come on Saint Anthony because I I still think it needs a boost from a higher power. You know, I would be nowhere without him. <laughs> I would be constantly unable to leave my house because I cannot find anything. St. <laughs> Anthony, 
pray for us because we lose stuff all the time. All the time. So yeah, Daily Girls <laughs> is a big Catholic thing for me this summer. Anything going on with you in that realm? I can't think of anything specific that happened over the summer, um, but something happened today that I thought, Ooh. oh, I kind of would like to talk about that. I Just on my social media feed, I was just scrolling and my high school that I went to had a post about, first of all, it's very interesting in the age of social media. Now I can like peek into what's going on at the high school now. Yeah. Um, they've created TikTok videos and stuff. It's wild. Like this, like so. the music class have just tried to do things. And um, also they have a cafe there now. They've got Starbucks. I was like, what? These kids don't know. Oh, they have no idea. <laughs> my high school has this like huge theater. And so I can't ever look at anything. You didn't even have theater. No, yeah. I had to like perform to- while stepping on ketchup packets in the cafeteria. Cause not even like. You should show up and be like, listen, you have me to thank theater kids for paving the way you would have nothing without me i did our first theater fundraiser my name it better be called the stephanie chavera auditorium it should be we should start a petition i'm i'll sign thank you uh i got off track oh so anyway no i got but on their social media today they posted about shadow day stuff did you have shadow days at your High school? Like when new kids were going to see if they wanted to go? Yes. Yeah. I've heard about private schools. Haven't. I don't know that public schools, they're just like, you're in it or you're not. <laughs> well, wait, but you went to Catholic high school. I did. And I don't remember that happening. So in our high school, it definitely did it. All the Catholic high schools did shadow days. I went to several shadow days as a... You did? Well, I yeah. When I was in junior high, I went to shadow days. There was another all-girls school that I just knew people at, and they were doing some interesting stuff. Like, actually, they were doing some, like, anti-racism stuff way back then that I was like, Whoa. yes. And there was, like, a um, chorus thing. I don't know. They kept doing cool stuff and inviting middle schoolers. I think that's their way of trying to pull people in. And I was going to all their stuff, and I had a family friend who was a student there so I went with her and shadowed it was so much fun it's so much fun to be a shadow people kind of treat you they're like I don't know there's all these older girls who are like just very nice and interested in you and there's like also girls who I think like it is their job that day to like welcome you and stuff so it's just you know were you scamming the system like you knew you were not going to transfer I mostly didn't know so I was still in junior high so I I was had to choose a high school I hadn't okay I hadn't officially chosen but there was one that was the biggest one and it was walking distance from my house so I mean that just felt and it had a huge theater program um so that felt like the obvious choice and that's where I ended up going there was only one Catholic high school in our whole area. So I don't think that was. Oh yeah. So it's less of a thing. Actually, there was a different all girls Catholic school that I, so they had a thing where like the high schools would come to the junior high and try to recruit you. And by the end, myself and I think a lot of other girls in my grade were actually interested in another school, Seton Academy, which I don't know if it's not a lot of those schools are co-ed now or closed or who knows. It was a lot. I, so I remember this. The area I was living in at that point was very, very white. My school was like 98% white or something. And this was like the, I think it was one of the more diverse high schools in the Mm. all girls high schools in the area. And the student representatives they brought were like actually a diverse group of girls. Wow. And they were amazing. Whatever they did to train these girls, or maybe they just actually love their school more than everyone else. They just sold it so hard. 
we all were like, yes, ready to go. And I like went home and I was like, I want to go to Seton Academy. And my mom's like, that's like an hour drive. No. That doesn't make sense. There was no bus or anything. She was like, that doesn't, (laughs) like you need to go to the school you can walk to. And I was like, yeah, that's where I ended up going. And there were, I mean, I will say when I saw the Shadow Day pictures, I, and again, it's like start of the school year, I felt like a little nostalgic. I was like, oh, I remember how fun that was. But yeah, anyway, so that's okay. just what I was thinking about. I had sort of forgotten about Shadow Days. I can't remember if I, if I ever brought a shadow. Oh. So maybe I never did. Maybe I never paid it forward. Anyway. So we hadn't talked for a while and I was kind of, you know, just making mental notes of different Things like, oh, I got to talk about that with Dan. I go and do laps again. And then I was outside and my husband comes out and he goes, did you just hear what happened in Baltimore? And so this is my transition to Catholicism in the news. Please. Which I should have given the caveat. It's after this episode. We're not doing Catholicism. Yeah, sorry. I don't mean to have tricked everybody. In the news. No, this is very Catholicism in the news heavy and we're going to be okay with that. We're going to be fine with it. It's just a little, we just need to catch up. We do. But yeah, so he came out and he's like, the... He goes, the the Baltimore diocese is declaring bankruptcy. And I was like, Baltimore? That's like Chicago Catholic or Boston Catholic. That's crazy. So then, you know, you delve in like two sentences into the article and they declared bankruptcy two days before they were going to start needing to be part of this child sex abuse reconciliation. Mm. I was about to say, I was like, this is my one guess. That it has something to do. Yeah. Sorry, I should have made it a quiz. But yeah, so I was just like, wait, what? So then I, that's when I, I texted you, I think the next moment. I was like, Anne, are we doing lapsed or not? Because otherwise I need to just talk about this with you or I'm going to save it for this moment. And I saved it. So it's n- nuts <laughs> on a lot of levels. Again, like the idea that they're actually bankrupt doesn't ring very true to me. Right. Uh, for a lot of reasons. Like, let's walk into some cathedrals and tell me if this global entity can be bankrupt in one fairy Catholic city. Right. It's like, maybe I would buy it maybe if it was like the archdiocese of, I don't know, like Atlanta. I don't know. Yeah. Like the South somewhere where I don't think there's a big, heavy Catholic. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm the wire. Everyone's Catholic there is from what I can tell. What? Um, on the wire. And yeah, in Baltimore. Yeah. So Maryland passed a law and it was not just about the Catholic church. It was about the child victims act and it abolished the statute of limitations for sexual abuse lawsuits. Good. So if they've been abused decades ago, they'd be allowed to sue their abusers. It just so happens that the, one of the main defendants was the archdiocese of Baltimore. Mm. Uh, and two days before they were supposed to start doing what they're supposed to do, paying some money they're like, oh, we're bankrupt. And so the problem is this is a local state law and bankruptcy is federal. So you can't really keep them from declaring bankruptcy. So this is my, I guess I'd never thought about this. Like the church is a global entity. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about like legalities and like bankruptcy in general, but it had never occurred to me that one particular diocese could claim bankruptcy because theoretically like the entire, ch- I mean, the Catholic church has a lot of... Uh, a lot of cash and a lot of property and a lot of money, a ton of money. Right. But I think because let's say if you're suing the church, you'd be trying to sue from the Vatican and that's international. And I don't know that you can legally do that. I know, but isn't there some kind of like American Catholic 
Oh, that's so icky. It's just, they ha- they're good for it. They just don't want to pay it. They got good lawyers and they figured out ways of tying things up so that you can never get to the bottom of it. Uh, I mean, not that I expect anything else, which with how right. they've been handling this since the start, but it is incredibly, I don't know, maddening. And all the people who have, were finally finding their way towards some sort of resolution, finally being done testifying, all this stuff. Now they have to keep going. And, you know, it's for many people, it's like, well, it's not about the money. It's about holding them accountable. But for other people had to pay like lots of money in therapy and lost jobs and all sorts of stuff because of the trauma so like it actually is a lot of about listen i really wish in these situations that all the uh like QAnon, like child trafficking get figure out the real people and conspiracy yes like there are actual problems if only we could take those people and and direct them toward the actual problem instead of a pretend version of the problem (laughs) there are real ones (laughs) For real. There are real ones. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea how QAnon feels about the Catholic Church, but... Uh... I don't want to even... <laughs> I'm going like, don't Google it, don't Google it, don't, no. don't Google it. Something about lizard people come up. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to know. I'm better now for not knowing. But yes. I mean, it's funny too, because I'm very interested and hopefully we'll do an episode about this because I really would like to about the history of how people have felt about Catholicism in America or Catholics, mm-hmm. right? So for the longest time, they were considered to be kind of culty or secret society-esque to mm-hmm. people who weren't Catholic because we are beholden to the Pope and not the president or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's right there. There are some conspiracies in the like church. Yeah. Like, you weren't totally wrong about that part. Right. So if you're in Baltimore and you're still practicing and you've been tithing, I'm sorry, but it's, there's no money uh, in the in the pot. It's gone now. And it didn't go to the right things. That's right. So now what, yeah. How does it even work? I mean, why are they? It's years of legal, like stuff that have to, they have to be investigated. Da, 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 da. It's just like. They're just like buying time for themselves. It's more of a stalling tactic. I'm probably hoping some people die. Ugh. If you're honest, you know, there's, so there's part of that. And then maybe they'll get a different district attorney. Maybe blah, blah, blah will happen. So they're just stalling. It's not a permanent solution because either they will be found to be bankrupt and no one will get paid. Yeah. Or they will be found not to be bankrupt and they'll probably have to be another trial. Yeah, it's kicking the can. But really that's how the Catholic Church has kind of dealt with all of the sexual abuse in general. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's like, how can you ever move forward until we like deal with it? I feel like this comes up in a lot of contexts. Like you cannot seek justice without recognizing what's actually been going on. Like you mm-hmm. can't move forward unless you actually acknowledge the thing and make restitution. So... I know. Unfortunately, kind of on brand. Unfortunately, yes. Um, I don't have that much to share, but I have a slightly more fun thing maybe to counter that depressing news story. I was like, I have all this news, but I wouldn't say any of it's fun. Okay. Well, this is fun. <laughs> kind of. So this was a Dear Prudence mm. article, the column from Slate. Are you familiar? It's an advice column. Oh, you know, I'm obsessed with Slate because they've got awesome catholic coverage for they really do who knows they must have catholic editors or something or less catholic editors they really do but the dear prudence thing comes up in like suggestion things for me to read and i'm 
I always like go down wormhole. Like I have to read them because some of them are wild. I know. I click every time. Okay. This one is help. My priest told me he's leaving his priesthood for me. <gasps> Scandal. Help indeed. Well, this person says my priest, I assume it's a woman. Uh, my priest is leaving the priesthood because he's falling in love with me. I don't know what to do. I'm not religious. But after my father died, I became close with the priest who provided his last rites and ministered to us during the funeral. Over the past year, we grew close. I started to think of him as a good friend. Last week, he gave me a letter and asked me to read it when I got home. In it, he confessed his feelings for me, that he no longer felt like a father in the ecclesiastical sense, (gasps) and that he wanted to be with me in holy matrimony. Whoa, that's a leap. Yes. That's... (laughs) She says, I'm shaking, confused, feeling guilty. He's already begun the process of being laid aside, (gasps) but I don't share his feelings. Oh! Well, she says, he was shattered when I told him, even though... So she says, even though if we were just co-workers and good friends, I would date him. Oh. But he wants to get married. Yeah, you got to date first, too. Yeah. She's like, I feel like everything's so fast. There's so much pressure in the relationship. I wish you would have talked to me before deciding to leave the clergy. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, what should I do? Should I get engaged? Like, it, it's... What do they tell her to do? Wait, but it ends with this. It says, I never even thought of him romantically before, but I know I can grow to love him. So also this person sounds, maybe they're- That person sounds deeply Catholic. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, she's like, I'm not very religious. And then she's like, actually though, maybe I could marry this guy. I'll learn to love him. I feel guilt, so much guilt. I'll sacrifice my own future happiness to please a priest. Like that just like, that's why it feels deeply Catholic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So the response is like, it says, do a little extra exercise imagine if at the end of your next dental appointment after the friendly small talk or reminders to floss your hygienist told you he would like to marry you like no inappropriate it's interesting somebody wanting to leave the priesthood right for a romantic relationship that feels very real and human Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that this priest went straight to marriage and it felt like either one of two things to me somebody who goes from like i want to marry you without the dating part it's either someone who's very childlike in their thinking Mm -hmm. right it's like what a five-year-old would say like oh I like this person we should get married or like from the past (laughs) yeah like there is no dating yeah like you're living as though it's like a thousand years ago and um either way it kind of makes sense yeah like I want to have sex with you have to get married yeah and they're not even gonna date that's so much pressure that's it's so intense but it it kind of confirms the whole concept of like who who should be like doing the marriage counseling (laughs) Right. Because I don't think people who haven't had that many adult relationships, maybe some of them have had some, but most priests, I'm guessing, started the process when they were like in their 20s, maybe had mm-hmm. a really like, like, are you, do you understand how relationships work? No, like, do you, no, you don't. You're not married. You don't have any kids. You have no idea. No idea. That in this poor person was like, I found somebody to help like through my grieving process. Yeah. It's a little, it's predatory right because this person is no we had a defined relationship and you just broke all of that exactly and there's almost a i mean there's a safety in the relationship and that like oh i understand that this person is not interested in me romantically because right or if they are just cannot act on it it. right like they're it's very defined and that is sort of part of the deal with a priest so to i and especially like that here's a note read it when you get home it's so high schooly. like it's very childlike it's like a person who literally don't read it now read it when you get home <laughs> it's interesting because i just heard a great interview with lavar burton <gasps> on mark maron's podcast Love him. there was something for some reason he was raised catholic but like his parents converted <gasps> when he was a kid or something 
God, can you imagine getting Love Harburton on our show? Listen, if anyone's got a hookup. So LeVar Burton started going to seminary when he was 13. There are seminary high schools. Oh. Which actually, I think my uncle went to a boarding seminary high school. Never became a priest, but it was an option. Like this could be toward the priesthood. It's like the way you do ROTC. Like they got to get you in high school. They get you young, get you early. Wow. Yeah. And then he can he was going to become a priest and then like had a change of heart because he had a very progressive teacher in seminary who actually opened the world for him in a way. He was like, oh, this there's bigger things here, which God bless that guy yeah we would all be worse off if we hadn't had lavar burton if we didn't have rating rainbow and roots and star trek and just just him wow anyway my point is some people start very very young on the right track so it's almost as if this person was like his maturity around relationships was like frozen in time from like when right. he was 12 or something like here pass you a note I want, will you, will you marry me? Yes or no? <laughs> right. Like check the box, pass it back. Do you like, like me? It's so inappropriate and bizarre and like emotionally immature. And these are the people who are in charge of things. So I feel like he's just going to like really regret it. Cause like, Oh, it didn't work out. Now I'm not a priest. Now I like, what am I? I hope for that guy that he, um, Sounds like he doesn't want to be a priest, so maybe he'll lay aside and like need some therapy and some just real adult life. Yeah, outside of being a priest. Yeah, wild, wild. Okay, so speaking of slate, I don't know if you saw this, but this was again their headlines, man. I saw this and I've had it on my computer waiting for us to start recording. Like it's just been up on my tabs. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> this is the title of this article. Okay, having none of it. I already love it. Great. This is the strange true saga of a mutiny at a Carmelite order in (gasps) Texas. No way. Tell me everything. I was like, Carmelite order in Texas? Mutiny? What? (laughs) Like, I couldn't. And of course, it took me about a month to read the article because late articles are long and I only have like moments at nap time to do things. I'm going to try my best to get through all of this. Okay, so there was the head of the prioress had a seizure. And whilst being in the hospital, whilst being taken care of, apparently said something about having sexual something with, like, a priest. But, like, it's very confusing as to what she meant. Now they're saying it only happened over the phone or Zoom. Like, there was never any other thing. Um, oh dear. And the priest with whom it happened immediately told his boss, Michael Olson, the bishop of the area. Okay. And Michael Olson handled it in the most insanely extreme way possible. And apparently he's notoriously like a real pill Looney Tune. Like he's a a lot. He's a lot. (laughs) This is a quote from this article. What has become an open, bitter feud between the Bishop of Fort Worth and 10 cloistered nuns in Arlington has scandalized and thrilled American Catholics. I didn't know about it before this moment, but sure. I didn't either. I'm not, I guess I'm not a current Catholic. The cops, the courts, and the Vatican are involved. And it all started with a startling confession from a devout nun. So salacious. Yeah. So basically the bishop like stormed into this cloister and was like interrogating the nun. And the nuns like kicked him out because they're what you think of when you think of nuns. Like habits... They say mass several times a day. Okay. Very traditional. When they're not at mass, they're either praying or doing labor. They're the nuns of your imagination. Yeah. They're not used to men coming in ever. 
and let alone with this like aggression. So there was that happening. And so they're like, get out. On the diocese webpage, he then posted a statement saying this nun had violated her vow of chastity. Like just put it out there. Oh my God. With a priest. With a priest. But he doesn't say anything about the priest. He's just mad at the nun. No, it's all about the nun. Obviously. So then the nuns, they get a lawyer. Like everyone lawyers up. They get the police involved to get him off oh the property. God. He stages some picture with like a bong in the craft room and what? says, she's doing drugs. Look at her. <laughs> I hope they are doing drugs. Good for them. He has this YouTube video where he talks about what's going on and it's real awkward and he's really sweaty in it. Like, oh, someone's doing drugs, but not them. I'm not going to say you have to watch it, but I'm going <laughs> to post the link here. I will be. I will be watching. And okay, at the beginning, these nuns had like some special relationship with the Vatican. Okay. They're in good with Francis or whatever. So like all of this is unfolding. There's but this woman who donates a ton of money to this cloister. Mm-hmm. She gets involved and she's like, they're trying to take the property. He goes in and takes all their electronics, which I, I was like, they have electronics? Right. But their computers and phones he seizes and they're like, now we can't pay our bills. So he's like trying to seize their assets and it seems like somewhere to coup. And he's like, and he goes, you're not allowed to perform mass anymore. It's all happening like this year and it's like still in the court. So eventually like it goes back and forth with all this Catholic stuff. So the cops eventually are like, I don't understand what's happening. And they've bowed out. Yeah. Cause it sounds like this is all weird Catholic infighting. Like we're not like going to let you go to mass anymore. That's like a Catholic specific thing. Right. So, but the nuns are like, no, he's defaming us. So there's like, there's these suits and countersuits happening. And Olsen has a poor presence in the community. Like he seems like a bully. He comes off like a bully. Like Sounds like a bully. Doesn't seem like very many people like him, but this is another twist part. Okay. <laughs> so Olsen was appointed by Francis, Pope Francis. Okay. And therefore some people automatically associate Olsen with the Pope's liberal positions. Okay. And in the middle of this, these nuns who previously like had a special relationship with the Vatican mm-hmm. decided they're going to start performing Latin mass. Oh. Yeah. That's a twist. Which is like the big thing Francis has been against. So now they've decided to like basically go against the Vatican. Which they have to have a priest involved in that because you have to have a priest to say mass. So they must have a priest on their side. Well, Olsen saying what they have done so far with this phone sexual encounter. I'm not sure what happened. And sometimes the nuns are saying, well, she was still like sick. She didn't know what she was saying. Like, but right. there's audio recording of her very clearly saying it. It's, mm. it's enough to fill many, many episodes of a drama. <laughs> there's that happening. But Olsen is saying, because she said this, and then because of, I think, the drugs that he mm-hmm. staged, it's an automatic excommunication. So he's just trying to get them out altogether. Which, like, we've talked about. It's really hard to get excommunicated. But there are certain yeah. things, apparently, like, if you have an abortion where you're immediately excommunicated, there's no process. They're just like, we don't want you anymore. It's hard to leave when you want to. But actual excommunication, it's actually, like, a weirdly long list. You're like, we're done. Do certain things, you're automatically... I think you can murder people and not get excommunicated, but you can't... Have an abortion or drive someone to an abortion. Correct. <laughs> So Archbishop Carlo Vigano, do you know about him? No. He's a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Okay. 
right? And he used to serve as the Vatican's liaison to the U.S. Church, but he's he's really anti-Francis, so he's trying to like start a new sect, I think. Okay, but anyway, he's like, I'm all in support of the nuns. So, who originally started off seeming like the heroes have turned into like this. It's man, it's the wildest, twistiest story. Like, I can't even. I probably can't get through all of it, but that's sort of where it stands at this moment someone needs to make a podcast just about this situation i hope they do because i could keep listening to it i don't even know where it's gonna go next that's a lot of drama and olsen is just like feeding it with all this weird stuff he says like he admitted he'd shut down a catholic center because there were quote just a bunch of women in there it was nuns who then he then called aging lesbians not totally wrong but i mean i don't think he asked anybody He's referred to his own parishioners as merely sheep and nasty people. Yeah, this guy sounds horrible. He wanted to kick well-liked priests out of the diocese because he didn't like the competition. So, I mean, I encourage everyone to see, like, stay tuned because I don't know what's happening next in Arlington, Texas. Who knows? I just, like, don't equate Texas with nuns. And so, like, all of it... And it's a showdown, so I'm, like, hearing Western music in my head and, like, (laughs) nuns with spurs on their... Nuns with cowboy hats. That's what I want. Well, that sounds like a saga. So, yes, we will will keep folks updated on whatever happens with that. I have no idea. It's fascinating. (sighs) Well. I mean, we um, just have mentioned that there was a... I'm never going to say it right. Synod? Oh, the Synod on Synodality has been happening. It's real Catholic. Like, we're just going to talk in circles about talking in circles. And so problematic. Well, this is like the way that anything is supposed to get changed, right? Is like the Synod on Synodality. It's like we talk about with Baltimore, like kicking the can. That's what this Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we're just being very, very thorough. I mean, it's a global church and we're all just going to talk to each other in circles. It's like the uh, the discussion on discussions. Because there's people who are wanting real change to come out. There's people who are wanting women priests. There's people who are just saying, okay, can we just have women deacons? There's the idea of priests being able to marry. Like those are all things I think that are in that conversation and is anything really happening I don't know I know that it's been going on and then some people don't even just the fact that there's a conversation about conversations happening is freaking out the right-wing Catholics they're like no conversations don't talk about it no let's just keep things how they are and maybe even go back pre-Vatican too right and then there's some people he invited that were not great on the whole you know abuse front Mm. so There's a lot. I don't know what's going on, but it's happening. We would be loath not to mention it. There was also, there was a Catholic World Youth Day over the summer. Oh. World Youth Conference with all these teenagers and college students like freaking out and being really excited about being Catholic, which... I do see the appeal of going to like a global thing. Like I understand that's exciting Yeah, as a young person traveling Mm -hmm. and being with people from all over the world. That's awesome. I'm happy for them, but... You know, it was a lot of young, fervent Catholics. Although I saw an image. Okay, sending it to you now. Uh Oh, I see Francis in a makeshift confessional there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So apparently Francis was hearing confessions of like teenagers and whoever on this World Youth Day mm-hmm. pilgrimage in Portugal. And so there were just like these makeshift confessionals that were popped up everywhere. And people didn't know that Pope Francis was in one of them. So people were just standing in line for confession. And then when they went to face-to-face confession, these were face-to-face confessionals that these 
folks had opted for. Pope Francis was just sitting there waiting to hear your sins, which for a young, fervent Catholic would be very exciting, I guess, or terrifying. I just like I'm hearing Will Ferrell in Elf being like, I know him! (laughs) (laughs) That'd be really overwhelming. Yeah, if you're... It would be, if you're a hardcore Catholic. Like, but imagine you're a hardcore Catholic, Anne, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're face-to-face with the Pope in a confessional, which, again, as we just talked about, makes me start sweating thinking about it. Right. Would you be totally honest? Because you're like, this is my chance to get completely absolved from the man who talks to God. Right. Or would you just be like, I don't know, I've I've never done anything wrong. What would you do? That's a good question. I don't know. It could go either way. I feel like what might have happened for some of these folks, what probably would have happened for me if I was such a fervent Catholic young person, is uh, I would just forget. You just forget everything. Like, everything falls out of your head. I'm like, I think I, yeah. (laughs) Forget the bless me, Father, for I have sinned part. It just all falls out of your head because you were with the Pope and you want to take a selfie to show your grandma, but you're in confession. What are you going to do? That's so much pressure. Will people even believe you? Although apparently I mean, there's some pictures. I was going to say it's like a private thing, but they're taking pictures of people doing confession. Well, they try, they hid their faces. The young people. That's true. That is still would freak me out. There's a photographer while I'm confessing my sins to the Pope. That's so much. A lot of pressure. If I were this young woman, it looks like, in this one like makeshift confessional and the Pope heard me in it, I would try mm-hmm. to take that confessional home. I think. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, I'm like, this is my confessional now. I mean, it's funny because you can really see how they just constructed them. They're made out of like... There's a plywood. Yeah, but they, they did try to make them look kind of nice. Yeah, they're an interesting shape. They did little like holes, which I don't really understand. Is that so that they could be like... I don't know. Did they make them confessional confessionals where you can't see? I don't know. I don't know. They're nicely decorated, though. Rosary. Oh, you're right. They're supposed to look like rosary beads. Hmm. Yeah. Catholic youth. I mean. Whatever flip. I'm happy for them, but. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As long as they're not trying to, like, prevent gay marriage or abortions. Well, it's like, you know, I always look to the young people for, like positivity and change and fingers crossed not all young people but yeah potentially maybe you never know well and i feel like i yeah i i needed to talk to you about some of these things so i feel my brain can finally let go of them because i'm forgetting other things while i was holding on to those uh moments not unlike maybe not unlike <laughs> how some people feel coming out of confession yeah. i'm holding on to this stuff you let, it, let out. it go <laughs> Now I can move, my brain can heal and move on. Go say some Hail Marys and you're ready. I only have so many synapses left. I'm tired, (laughs) y'all. I understand. My child's walking. It's like he busted a lip this morning, just walking across the kitchen floor. It's constant suicide watch over here. It's all, that age is like, it's all strength and no sense. Like they can do things and they don't know that they're not supposed to do so many things because they're dangerous. So it's really hard. I feel like he, he like gets up high on something and then looks over at me with a smile and he's like, this is going to go poorly. (laughs) (sighs) But this was lovely. And Uh, are we going to, do we have a special collection? (laughs) There's so much. So many, so many things going on in the world. Where to begin? I, I know. I feel like, we can't go wrong um, with refugees. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm in a I'm in a city where we're getting um, lots and lots of 
refugees currently yes. busloads. So yeah, UNHCR is what I give to because it doles out globally. Yeah. Um, the okay. USA Let's for the that. UN Refugee Agency because there's a lot happening all over the globe yep. and a lot of people who need safety for their families and don't have anywhere to go get it mm-hmm. and it's sad okay so unhcr friends we will we will link uh in the show notes yeah all okay. right um yeah so check that out uh if you're interested in getting in on the patreon check that out as well link in the show notes otherwise listen in we'll continue to bring you this regularly scheduled programming i'm just grateful to be back too with our listeners so like hello all our listeners we've missed you please keep being in touch with us yes sorry for the longer than expected delay getting back to you all right steph was that it yep that's it. Rate, review, like, subscribe, share, all of those good Please things. Please do. Please leave us a review. It really does. Oh, yeah. Fun. I want to start, like, yeah, maybe sharing some of our nice comments. Our reviews. That would be mm-hmm. fun. So do that so we can share it and we can talk to you this way. That would be great. Yeah. All right, Steph. And also with you. Also with you, Anne.